It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, it's on the call. This is. Wednesday, the 15th, the American Liberties Talk Show Call, where our main repeated guest star is David Marilyn, who I met several years ago, uh, back in 19, uh, 2005, and um, where I was having a situation where I was getting criminally investigated, and because I learned... One thing I learned from Dave was his attitude and his posture. And it wasn't so much the information as the posture, because if you're following the law, the law is the law, governed by the both the Constitution and the statutes or whatever, and we're not going to argue if the statutes are for you or not, whatever, the, the thing of it is, what is written speaks so loudly that what you say, I can't hear you. If the courts and the IRS agents, uh, excuse me, if the courts and the commissioner say a certain statute means this, this, and this, then, and you're saying something different to me, Mr. Agent, then we have a situation where by omission, you're not telling the truth, or you're not telling the truth by by your omission. And I've been, you know, I talked to a insurance guy a while back, a couple of years ago, and we talked about error and omission, and that stuck with me for quite a while. In fact, it 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 stuck me with me long enough that uh, I'm bringing it back up again tonight. And uh, and I'm going to look more deeply into it. But the uh, as I said in my email, like let me get it up here. Um, that's funny. I don't my own email. <laughs> um, oh, here it is. Um, pardon me. Now, all of us, okay. Error and omissions, shorthand for malpractice insurance, which gives physicians, attorneys, architects, and accountants. Now, accountants was put there in bold, and I and I copied and pasted this exactly from Google. Google search. I search, what does error and omission mean? And and this what came up. It w- one of the things that came up, and I just shortened it and picked it because it's exactly what I was thinking. And other professionals' coverage by claims by patients and clients for alleged professional errors and omissions, which amount to negligence. 
Now, you think about that. So when you go to an accountant or one of these people that do your taxes, ask them right off the bat, do you have error and omissions liability insurance? Yes or no? And and if they do, then you want to sit down with them and, and um, have a little conversation. Tell them you want them to do your taxes. And yada, yada, yada. Now, there's going to be more about that because I'm going to be talking to some friends of mine that are insurance agents and see, you know, what steps to take in making sure that we cover ourselves. Because I think, and as I said in my email, soon, I, I, as I have mentioned, I will be using the, the new social media platform to help gen- generate awareness to stop the misrepresentation of taxation, which our members will benefit from, or at least that is my goal. This is this is my prime goal now for 2020. Not only to build maxes and build the revenue stream to come in to help support all of us that are doing this. Why do we need financial support? Well, it costs money for courts. It costs money to file it. It costs money to fight it. And are we going to win 100% of the time? I doubt it. I would like to see it. But I think by, you know, we learn by our mistakes. A wise man learns by his mistakes. Excuse me. A wise man learns by other mistakes, while a smart man learns by his own own mistakes. So um, am I going to make mistakes? Absolutely. But I'm going to learn from my mistakes and where you wise people can learn from them and then go on and start winning. Because if we can get show enough evidence that accountants can't answer the questions or won't answer the questions, and they are the arm, the teeth, and the, and the rope, the biblical cord between the IRS and you, okay, they are... They are uh, a third party that that we can go after, and and because their job is to do our tax returns. But if we if we don't have to file tax returns because of Section 83, they have to admit to it, and 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 maybe we we can come up with some form for them to sign that they looked at our our uh, our source of income and pursuant to title 83 is not considered gross income and with that i want to turn it over to dave to see dave's opinion and people i don't talk to dave about this and and maybe i should but you know but time element and everything else i don't and and so um and i like uh, I almost like surprising it because it, it, you know, I like to hear Dave's comment. And one thing I can trust about Dave Maryland, whether I'm not going to question if he's right or wrong. If he dis- disagrees with me, I'm not going to say he's wrong, and I'm not going to say he's right because he's a friend of mine and I respect him very highly. We may have a different opinion, or I may be not a. Uh, I may be looking at something else beyond what I'm saying. I don't know, but I'd like to get Dave's opinion. Dave, take it away, please. 
Okay. Uh, your comment about a uh, who learns from their own mistakes and who learns from the mistakes of others brought to mind a uh, a certain uh, which we'd call it adage <clears throat> that intellectuals solve problems, geniuses prevent them. Things you gotta know. Yep. Welcome to the American Liberty Call, January fifteenth, twenty twenty. It's around four o'clock Pacific time. My name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. I've loaded into the chat the Kreitzer document. It's uh, the Kreitzer case and all the cases that cite Kreitzer in one document, all the decisions, and there's a common uh, theme. It starts with Kreitzer, Fourth Circuit case, 1974, where the law is vague or highly debatable, a defendant lacks the criminal intent to violate it. Hallelujah. That's one of the definitions of innocent. When you think of it as, hey, what's the definition of innocent? There's a lot of different ways you don't qualify under particular criminal statutes. And you have to be able to look at that law that they say you violated and defend yourself. Figure it out and say, uh, you read the statute incorrectly. And if they can't even debate it, bingo. I have this standard in 29 cases that where the law is vague or highly debatable, you lack the criminal intent to violate it. That's one of the definitions of innocence. Uh, void for vagueness. The tax must be imposed by clear language. You can't be forced to speculate as to the meaning of penal statutes. And uh, those four notions are supported by a whole bunch of Supreme Court case, uh, cases. And in the case of Kreitzer, it's uh, 29 uh, lower decisions, a couple district courts, and then a whole bunch of appellate court decisions that say uh, where the law is vague, uh, vague or highly debatable, you lack the criminal intent to violate. Uh, it's important to know what innocent is and what guilty is because the law doesn't matter here. You have to show them in advance. Once they move on you, you can't get them to back down and the judge will help them no matter what they have to do to play the end game, whether it's prison, uh, or uh, fines, doesn't matter. Once they cite you, once they once they act with the system against you, you can't get them to stop. It's really tough. And so uh, don't go looking for a relationship with government. You're inviting terrible people right into your lives. Don't do it. <clears throat> and there are a few public servants that while they don't deserve that tag, uh, and they might actually be righteous on their job, and uh, at the same time, I got a life I have to protect. And government screws up so much and so often, so badly, I can't afford them. So um, the definitions of innocent, it's uh, the government's definition. 
let me give you the link to the James Back Trial Memorandum. The James Back Trial Memorandum. I go to the home page of takefromcaesar.us and I scroll down past the picture of the Grand Poobah of Sui Juris and I'm looking, well, I went past it. I'm looking for the link that says, uh, but Pete gets results like this man. Uh, okay, here comes the link to the PDF government memorandum from 2014 in a tax evasion case in Alaska. And in this trial memorandum from the government, they tell the court uh, how somebody can be um, deemed willful and who should not be deemed willful when they evade taxes or fail to, fail to file a tax return. And so you look at that and it says uh, uh, the jury instruction they cite, Ninth Circuit Model Criminal Jury Instruction 9.4.92 uh, says if somebody has a good faith misunderstanding of the law, even if unreasonable, then they're not willful. That means they don't have criminal intent. And you have to have criminal intent to be guilty in a criminal statute uh, or of having violated it. Let's see here. Um, Dave, that was a hard document, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's yeah. see. I'm looking for Alonis. E L O N I S. Uh, let's see. And uh, they sure screwed that guy after he won in the Supreme Court. Um, and I get into it in my criminal intent course that comes on flash drive. Uh, oh, I know where it is. Um, let me confirm that. It's going to be wevgov.com slash, all lowercase, no spaces, wevgov.com slash, Elonis.doc, E-L-O-N-I-S, Elonis.doc. And I click and drag it to my desktop, and then I go get it and pull it over here and open TalkShoe, and then I can paste it. How's that for data flying around the, the planet? Downloaded off the server in Texas where the web host is on their server onto my desktop. Dragged it over to the right-hand side of the desktop. Clicked and dragged it into the chat. And here you have it. The Alonis case is about criminal intent. And uh, uh, he really got screwed after they vacated his conviction. In a very particular way, I point out uh, in my criminal intent course, um, just it was shocking how badly they screwed the guy after he got his conviction vacated. Shocked the conscience. So uh, the definitions of innocence in the Alonis case, you'll also see where uh, I should get that and 
Let's see. I'm looking in the Alonis decision right now for um, negligent. Uh, okay. Oh, come on, you turkey. Um, I'm looking for the word tort now. Um, there's a, a line drawn in this case between cases we know they've prosecuted and, uh, here we go. This this is shocking. Um, you have to have awareness of wrongdoing. And look what they say about negligence. I'm going to paste the paragraph in to talk to you. Look what they say about negligence. This is out of the Alonis decision. Uh, Elonis' conviction, however, was premised solely on how his posts would be understood by a reasonable person instead of it, whether or not he knew uh, that what he was doing was illegal. So they got the wrong standard. Uh, such a reasonable person standard is a familiar feature of civil liability in tort law, but is inconsistent with the conventional requirement for cr uh, criminal conduct, awareness of some wrongdoing. And they cite uh, U.S. versus Dodderweish. Um, having liability turn on whether a reasonable person regards the communication as a threat, regardless of what the defendant thinks, reduces culpability on the all-important element of the crime to negligence. And we have long been reluctant to infer that a negligence standard was intended in criminal statute. What about, um, uh, let's see, um, you have uh, crimes brought for, uh, let's see, manslaughter, uh, uh, negligent uh, homicide, and they say negligent can't be an essential element of a criminal statute. You could find a remedy if you sue in the nature of a tort action for damages, but negligence can't be an essential element of a criminal statute. That was amazing. Uh, when I saw that, my jaw dropped open. You think of all, this, all the criminal statutes that send you to prison that begin with the word negligent, negligent homicide, negligent this, negligent that. And they've been doing it forever to us, haven't they? So uh, <clears throat> things you got to know. And I'm happy to uh, share that document with you, of course. Uh, there's an education in just that one case, the Alonis decision. And Money Mike has checked out. Guest 18 and Guest 14 have checked out. Yeah, this wasn't a lesson plan for today, but I want to emphasize uh, this is the business Chris and I are in, proving innocence. And that means you have to be able to read a statute and understand 
what is guilt under that particular statute? Because we know the government loves to misenforce the law. You better know in advance. And uh, I spoke today with a guy that uh, a criminal investigation just wrapped up with a referral for prosecution. And I said, uh, for what years? And he said, 2014 through 2018. And I said, uh, when did you file your joinder to the congressional complaint? He says 2013. So he filed, he, we, we, he went on the record with his good faith understanding of the law before the years that they're after him for. And in the James Back trial memorandum, you'll see one of the definitions of innocent. They, they get into what kind of documentation you're allowed to uh, submit in front of a jury. And go to my YouTube channel, my latest uploaded video is about the James Back trial memorandum. I take you right through it, so you can just sit back and, and follow along with me, or you can uh, take the PDF file and print it out and read it in your living room, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> There's my YouTube channel. To understand the definition of innocence, uh, they say uh, they can show the jury documents that they relied upon, but it's uh, relevant that they had those documents or can prove they had those notions uh, before the years in question. So you can't learn something later and say, oh yeah, that's always been my belief. You have to go on record with it. And uh, because if they look back and you haven't filed tax returns back to a certain year, you want to be sure that you can prove I had my joinder filed, my criminal complaint uh, ready to go before the year that they're after me for. And you have to be able to show them the definition of innocence. Attach the uh, James Back trial memorandum to any document you're going to send to IRS Criminal Investigations Division. You can do it before you're investigated. I don't. I, personally, I don't think you should wait until after you're in, uh, investigated. So uh, make it known that uh, this is my belief, and I've read the Robert Orth exchange of briefs, and you can't even talk about the law. And in the James Back trial memorandum, it says we have to prove that they have a duty. How are you going to do that when the law is a secret? Let me give you the, uh, the link to the Robert Orth exchange of briefs, Seventh Circuit, in summer of 18. There's the link. And so I've read the exchange of briefs. You can't even talk about the law. Um, and I've got the James Back trial memorandum. I think you should read it, Servant Breath, because I meet the definition of innocent. So don't go telling a grand jury the lie that I believe I have a duty. And you have paper record of that transmission to the government. <clears throat> and... Uh, Keep it in a real safe place. Put it on the record somewhere where you know you can find it um, and proof that you served it. You simply have to do it, folks. Uh, that's what Chris and I do is establish a foundation where someone can say, 
You can't even talk about the law. You're keeping the law secret from me, and you're criminally investigating me. You can't even explain the statute that explains how to tax the entire workforce, Section 83A. Read the Robert Orth exchange of briefs. They can't even talk about it. They've had the argument since 1993. It's still not on the frivolous argument list. And they just won't talk about it. So uh, that's the government. You're inviting a relationship uh, when you don't file and you don't pay. Uh, how close do you, to you do you want these people to be able to come? I'd really like to keep the handcuffs away from myself. I filed that criminal complaint, New Year's of 06. And Chris was the first one to benefit from it by nullifying a tax criminal grand jury in January of 07. So we're, our record goes way back. And I asked this man on the phone, I said, now, uh, how do you feel about having filed that joinder? Is that a handy thing to have filed? And he just said, oh, you better believe it. Because he's ready for what they're doing on the uh, criminal front. <clears throat> to start the show today, I pasted into the chat the, the testimonial from L.T. Oates, who's on the call, where uh, eight or nine years ago, uh, he shut down an IRS criminal investigation, got the South Carolina Department of Revenue to back off when they actually were after him for 37 grand, and just cleaned everybody's clock by wielding his affidavit of joinder and the criminal complaint. Nobody wants to talk about Section 83, and LT Oates' instance, uh, he made himself a fish that wouldn't fit in the frying pan. So they went on to the next fish. And that's always a sweet story. <clears throat> so, uh, so the definitions of innocence. One of the definitions is a lack of criminal intent. And so you try to establish that you made every effort to get it out of them. How do I comply with the law? Yeah, it makes it harder and harder to convince a jury that they should convict. And you can't predict corruption, so it's not a science. It's a it's a battle of wills. And you you know the target. I want to qualify for the definition of innocence. And <laughs> you have to look at cases where the courts describe what innocence is under a criminal statute. You have to know what innocence is or they'll get away with it. Because every judge, every judge is corrupt. Uh, lack of criminal intent. A uh, Hey, I'm not guilty. I did file a tax return. If you can prove it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, don't do it again, servant breath. Uh, another definition of innocent. Um, the uh, there's a drug case in annotations dot doc. Let me go get that for you. It's on my desktop. Click and drag. Open talk shoe. Give to the audience. 
in annotations.doc. There it is in the chat. That's, uh, I think that's 200 pages or so. I open that document and I do a search, control F, O-R-D-U-N-O, -O, or Duno. Excuse me. Uh, let's see. I'm at the bottom of page 86 of 263 pages. Wevgov.com slash annotations.doc. Bottom of page 86. This is a Ninth Circuit case from 1999. Uh, there is sufficient evidence to support a conviction if, viewing the evidence in the light most favorable to the prosecution, any rational trier of fact could have found the essential elements of the crime beyond a reasonable doubt. Because Orduno Aguilera properly preserved this issue by making a motion for an acquittal after the close of all evidence, this court's standard of review is the same as that of the district court's denial of the motion. Because this fact is a necessary element of the statutory definition of anabolic steroids, which is in turn is a necessary element of the offense, failure to offer this evidence resulted in insufficient evidence to sustain the jury's verdict. So insufficient evidence to prove one element. That's another definition of innocent, isn't it? Below that, you have the case of uh, U.S. versus Estrada Mesa. No rational trier of fact could have found that this standard was met for Estrada. The record was barren of evidence that he participated in the conspiracy. Even though Estrada initially denied living in the trailer, his denial was uh, as consistent with non-participating knowledge of the crime as it was with complicity in the crime. When there is an innocent explanation for a, a defendant's conduct, as well as one that suggests that the defendant was engaged in wrongdoing, the government must produce evidence that would allow a rational jury to conclude beyond reasonable doubt that the latter explanation is the correct one. In Estrada's case, the government produced no such evidence. Estrada lived in a trailer next to a methamphetamine manufacturing enterprise, and the only thing they found linking him to the meth was a receipt or a list of people who owed money for meth and how much they owed. And so they couldn't prove that he participated in the conspiracy. <clears throat> the next one, U.S. versus Esquivel Ortega from 07 Ninth Circuit. Unlike the Herrera-Gonzalez decision, the government has presented no evidence whatever that contradicts Esquivel's story or that indicates his intentional participation in the conspiracy. The government has emphasized that Esquivel must have known about the conspiracy, but it has failed to point to any evidence that supports the conviction. Our criminal justice system is not based solely on inferences and assumptions. There must be evidence sufficient to sustain a conviction. And here, the record is barren of evidence that Esquivel participated in the conspiracy. The government has pre uh, presented no evidence that establishes Esquivel's knowledge or possession of the cocaine and no evidence of his participation in the conspiracy. Esquivel's convictions for possession with intent to distribute and for conspiracy to distribute drugs accordingly are reversed. Now, 
um, Esquivel Ortega was in Mexico and said, I'd like to visit my relatives in America. And a cousin, I think, to him, loaned him a van. Say, drive the van up there. Take my van. And Esquivel didn't know that the bumper was made of cocaine. And that's why uh, his conviction was overturned. <clears throat> that's pretty neat. And there's uh, people versus a last name I can't pronounce. <laughs> California, 2001. The federal constitution's Fifth Amendment right to due process, the Sixth Amendment right to a jury trial made applicable to the states through the Fourteenth Amendment require the prosecution to prove to a jury beyond reasonable doubt every element of a crime, citing Sullivan versus Louisiana, uh, which is a benchmark case for uh, um, due process and essential elements. So anyway, definitions of innocence. I read and read and read a ton of cases that the government lost. Uh, that's some of the most valuable um, reading in all of the research I did, was I made it a point to read tons of cases that the government lost and why they lost it. And when I see a case going that way, and I can provide a push that direction with the right witness or with the right discovery, then I'll push it that direction so it's easier to move to dismiss. Because I read case law that says when that goes a certain way, you should dismiss the case. So uh, it's just that easy. Peaceful Earth, Diane Lynn, guest two, guest 21. 449 and 708, Christopher J, 63, Steel Billy, LT Oats, 404-716-918, J-Bud, Abbott Hutt, R. Boggs, Pastor Don, welcome everybody. For anybody that hasn't been on the call before, Steel Billy's on the call. He had, he filed a counterclaim in U.S. District Court against a DOJ civil suit. And all he asked for, all he sued for in his counterclaim was clear explanation of the provisions that I argue. He didn't make the arguments or anything. And the court dismissed his lawsuit, saying you can't sue for explanations of the law, even though they promise you that in the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. Helbering versus Texpan Oil Company, 1937, Supreme Court. The taxpayers are entitled to know the basis of law and fact upon which the commissioner sought to sustain the deficiency. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you can't, no, can't have it. They dismissed his lawsuit. So it's a government that will keep the law secret while they send people to prison. You can't tell me you want a relationship with that government. Please. Um, I like you not in prison. Uh, it's one of my, my, it is my major focal point in all of this is getting people out of jail keeping them from going to jail, preventing charges in the first place, engage the government. If you think uh, what you're doing is going to uh, contradict what the government says you're required to do or how you're required to behave, you want to go on record first. So you can say, I told you all about this, servant. Nobody bothered to answer me. You knew I had a good faith understanding of the law. I put it in my, my letter, my notice to you. 
So there's a deal on wevgov.com. Uh, Chris will give you his email address in the chat and contact him when you know which courses on flash drive you want on wevgov.com product page. Uh, I know a quick route to that page right there. Doink. Here it comes into the chat, the products page. Pick out what you want on flash drive and we'll deal with you. Uh, it's still Christmas. We'll we'll give you those courses very inexpensively. I want you to have the information. It's important information. Uh, I only teach what I've seen uh, cause real problems. And we need to pay our bills. So uh, you, at this point in time, you can't give us too much money. So uh, let's get you hooked up with those courses. Or if, uh, if you got a donation that you want to uh, put this direction, get a hold of Chris, and we will accept it. And again, none of this is legal advice. The law doesn't even count. You can't even sue the government for the government's explanation of it. What about the Freedom of Information Act? Can I please have a copy of the document that you use to train your IRS agent about how to apply Section 83 to fact? No. The document doesn't exist. They don't even train on it. And you want a relationship with a government like that? They don't even train on the statute that explains whether or not you have a relationship with government, and they still send people to prison? And you say, China? You know? Hello? <laughs> and you look at how few people can even crack this topic when it's huge. It's hugely important in a country that says, all right, I rule of law, nation of laws, nothing to see here, move along. China. So uh, this is this is the ugly side of America, the criminal justice system. And uh, I've met a lot of innocent convicts. When you can prove the law protects you, or that you meet a definition of innocence because they can't explain the law, it's void for vagueness. Uh, void or uh, it's vague or highly debatable. Uh, I'm forced to speculate. We got all these definitions of innocence, and yet we see a bunch of people that qualify under those definitions going to prison for tax crimes or securities laws are broadly enforced for the protection of the public. And a lot of innocent people get caught up in uh, securities cases, selling unregistered securities. I didn't know it was a security. You look at the definition of security. In 15 U.S.C. 77B, almost everything is a security. How do you not violate that statute? Just in, in one week, going to the grocery store, buying gas or whatever, uh, the broadest expression in that definition, 15 U.S.C. 77B, uh, evidence of debt is a security. Evidence of debt, that could be an IOU. So 
Um, anyway, a lot of people get caught up in uh, securities prosecution that aren't guilty. And tax law. Uh, those two are very dangerous. A lot of the other laws, uh, the government really has to work to abuse them. But uh, these two, tax law and securities law. By the way, I suggest you read 15 U.S.C. 77A through 77XX. Let's see here. Yeah, uh, 77A through 77XX. And that'll cover individuals and uh, legal entities, corporate entities. And uh, you get a, it's a good read. Uh, you really should know about securities. Um, and I'll give you a link to the uh, table of contents for the chapter. Here it comes in the chat, paste and send. <clears throat> but the definition of, uh, of security in 77B, wow. Everybody and their monkey. Uh, it's anyway. I'm I'm going to paste just the. Uh, I'm not going to give you the term person, which is right below this subsection one, but I will give you subsection one in the chat here. That's a security. Wow. Okay. Careful. Did you write a check? Uh, you know. Uh, did you write an IOU, an affidavit? Uh, really, be careful. Everything is a security. And we already know the government doesn't care if you didn't intend to break the law. They indict you first and then crank on you. So <clears throat> please be careful. Let's see. Uh, it's snowing in Seattle. Oh, you gotta hate that. Um, and it's a pretty good snow. Uh, it's real cold outside. And in the last two days, we've gotten six inches. So uh, that's that's a decent size snow job for uh, Seattle. I hope it's sunny where you are. Um, Let's see. For anybody new on the call, my YouTube channel is Dynamite. Uh, there's an education on just my channel in uh, standing up to government, using just the law, arguing in the box, staying away from the movement. Uh, the tax honesty movement is their latest name for it. It used to be the anti-tax movement. And give me a break. Uh, so uh, my YouTube is a must-view. I think my, I got 45 videos now on there. And not all of them are going to be your cup of tea. There's a uh, a review of the Lori Laughlin indictment, and she's taken it to trial. She hasn't pled guilty yet. So her and her uh, husband, they're going to trial, saying that the half a million that they put in the kitty they thought was a donation to a school fund. 
and we'll see, won't we? Excuse me. Now, um, another good read is this one, Washington State's Assault Weapons Ban. It's in the House of Representatives right now. Uh, if the IRS and Congress cannot rebut Section 83, then it is true. Uh, what do you have to say, Donald Trump? You appoint the tax court judges. I don't mention this website at all, but guess who? You just brought it to my attention about uh, the President of the United States, and what does he have to say? TuPotus.com is my website. And on Inauguration Day, the White House received my criminal complaint to the president. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm serious. <laughs> Inauguration Day, he received that criminal complaint. I was on the job for everybody. And... Uh, uh, there you have the complaint and the certificate of service and everything. And thank you in advance for buying that book. It's the criminal complaint that went to the president with an introduction that I wrote for it. Uh, guest who says, someone is the leader of the pack. You know, um, it's one thing to, you know, I'm not really a leader of any pack. I lead for the amount of knowledge that I have, but I'm really looking to hand off my knowledge to others that can use it and will use it. Uh, but really, if I wanted authority, I'd have it by now. I'm not a leader. Uh, I'll give you the facts. And uh, uh, nothing has happened on that complaint at all, Don. It's a non-mention, just like the complaint that went to Congress. So, ha, ha, ha. The Office of Presidential Correspondence probably round-filed it. <laughs> uh, this is why I mentioned it, your book. Well, thank you. So <clears throat> with all of that having been said, and I've already tied up 45 minutes for you on a Wednesday evening, thank you so much for sharing your evening with us. And uh, I'm going to give it back to Chris and call it a day. It was nice to see everybody on the call. And uh, I really hope you find something in, in the um, documents that I'm able to share with you. Trump is the leader of the pack. Yes, but he, there's barriers between you and him. One of them is called the Office of Presidential Correspondence. They screen all the mail and all the email. And nothing reaches the president unless you're a, a poor black woman that got her sentence commuted, she can probably tweet directly to the president or whatever. You look at what is allowed in the White House, it's nowhere near as bad as it was in the last administration. The scum walking in and out of the White House was unbearable, just horrific. Uh, and Trump is the leader of the pack. You have to make it to him, and so uh, uh, it's a it's an uphill battle to make it past the screeners because he has big stuff to do. But uh, I am formulating and working on it. 
uh, a pardon request to the president for all tax convicts because they can't even argue Section 83. They can't even argue it. And they prosecute anyway. And uh, Trump is the kind of guy, and I, I know he doesn't like the IRS, that would just say, you know, this is a really good reason to burn the IRS on a bunch of tax cases, is to just say, it's, uh, my administration thinks it's unfair to prosecute people who just sold their services and maybe stop prosecutions, open some jail doors, overturn some convictions, expunge some records. So uh, I am working on it. And the more money I can raise from donations and the sale of courses, uh, the less time I have to spend looking for money. And I have this effort that I want to mount. And I have to move by the end of the month. I've been here five and a half years, so that's a major bitch. But uh, anyway, in advance, I thank you for whatever you're able and willing to do for uh, Chris and I. And with that, Chris, take over your call. Thanks again, everybody. Over and out. Okay, thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. Um, I just want to say, you know, everything that we learn from wevgov.com and David Maryland is something that, you know, you don't have a discussion. You don't ask questions unless you already know the answer. It is not up to you to show how smart you are. In fact, you know, uh, it's always been my stance you know, to be, you know, to not act stupid, but just, you know, what facts are you relying on that I may gross income? What facts, you know, um, you know, when you go to the regulations in, in the, uh, let, let me just start over. When, when the, um, the, uh, uh, the Reconstruction Act is very powerful. In that, you know, you notice the Reconstruction Act is not in Title 26, but it is in the statutes at large. And as we discussed, the statutes at large is the law. The statutes are only the evidence of law. Now, with that being said, part of the Reconstruction Act has been put in the statutes, uh, like uh, in Section 1203, termination of employment for misconduct. And one of them is acts or omissions. The acts or omissions referred under subsection A are willful failure to obtain the required approval signatures on documents authorizing the uh, seizure of a taxpayer's home, personal belongings, or business assets. Pro B two, providing false statements under oath with respect to a material matter involving a taxpayer or taxpayer's representative. Now, what did the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights say under the statutes? It says that they are duly bound to give you a clear explanation. Now, saying something that 
not saying something that they should have said is an act of omission. Okay, you're asking for a clear explanation, and they go blah, 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 but they're not explaining. And But you got to be clear on your question. For instance, you know, the court said in this court case, in this court case, in this court case, that Section 83 um, covers my, you know, shows me how my paycheck should be taxed. And what say if you? You know, how do you use Section 83 to determine that I was paid over the amount of my services that I performed? They have to give you a clear explanation, right? Now, also in the... uh, uh, Reconstruction Act, and I don't have, oh, it says the internal, in the, uh, yeah, in the Internal Revenue Manual, the Internal Revenue Manual is, is, uh, is governed by the agency. It has to perform as to the Internal Revenue Manual. In fact, the it says in the Internal Revenue Manual, the service is bound by the regulations. The courts are not. And the quote. Let me just say that again. The internal manual, I'm going to give you the quote, and you can look it up. 4.10.7.2.3.4. Authority of the regulations. The service is bound by the regulations, period. The courts are not, end quote. And that's in the Reconstruction Act of 1998. Interesting to note that this act was not codified in 26, but found in the statutes at large. Now, in the statutes at large, uh, number three, uh, the standard where administrative guidance is not followed in cases where any Internal Revenue Service employee is not following applicable published administrative guidance, including the Internal Revenue Manual, to see this is where it was included in the stats, the National Taxpayers Advocate shall construe the factors taken into account in determining whether to issue a taxpayer's assistance order in the matter most favorable to the taxpayer. See, all this is meant is you gotta you gotta put it together and keep it in your in your front notes and go over it so it it becomes. I don't read it often enough, and I read it pretty, you know somewhere around once a week. And and it really is not often enough because if you go under 31, Title 31 in the regulation, CFR, the Code of Federal Regulations, 0.104 definitions. The following definitions are used throughout this part. 
Number, and I'm just going to jump to parent six, Internal Revenue Service. Now, in 31 CFR section 0.210, cooperation with official inquiries. Employees directed by competent department or other federal authority to provide oral or written response to questions or to provide documents and other materials concerning matters of official interest shall timely respond fully, truthfully, and when required under oath. Okay, so they don't have to say everything, you know, is under oath, but they are required to truthfully, okay? And that's without omissions. Because if, if they're omitting something, then they're not being truthfully. And they're not being fu- responding fully either. Then in, in Section 0, under the same title, 31, Section 0.211, falsification or official records. Employees, meaning the IRS agent, shall not intentionally or with willful disregard make false or misleading statements. Now, if you ask them a specific question and they, you know, go yada, 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 then they're misleading you, aren't they? I mean, just think about it. If you, if you want directions going to New York and you go straight down 95 from Florida to New York, but somebody tells you to take a left-hand turn, they're misleading you. Same thing with the IRS agent is telling you, ah, yeah, you got to pay, yeah, 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 whatever. Misleading statements, orally or in writing, in connection with any matter of official interest. Well, if they're asking you to pay a certain amount of money and they're going to threaten you with liens and levies, shouldn't you be asking them some specific questions where you know the answer and they can only come with one answer, then if it's not the answer you're looking for, are they not misleading or acts of omission? I'm telling you, folks, in the future, in the near future, uh, look for your emails when I really start popping up uh, maxes again that we're going to... um, uh, I'm really going to push hard hard and heavy to get a team that is on the same page with me. You don't have to be on the same page. Um, you know, that's your choice. I mean, God bless, we're in America, man. You can do what you want to do when you want to do it. I'm just, I got I got a goal. I, I got something that I want to do, and I need money, and I have no other way of getting it at the age of 72 and I'm certainly not going to go around begging for it and asking for donations all the time. God bless all the people that have supported Dave and I all this time. I really, really appreciate it. And I got it all on a spreadsheet who has done so in the past. And 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 my one one of my aims is is uh, to make good on that. And 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 many of you said, "Ah, don't worry about it." Well, I'm not worried about it, but. You know, it is what it is. So anyhow, uh, 
We have a new website now at Maxis.com. You can go to Maxis.com forward slash Chappie. Sign up for free. Just get on board and look around, kick around. I'm going to start a group shortly, uh, Stop Misrepresentation of Taxation. And in that group, we're going to have meetings outside of what we do now, specifically for the members of uh, and and that's to pay there's free members and paid members and and you and and they both will get information but the paid members will get more um will will get ammunition in their information that's all the difference but um but you know we got to come together folks all over this country and i think if we start going after um you know the you can kill the chief you know you can uh kill the chief and they just get a new chief and I'm not saying kill in the in a literal sense, but if you get rid of the chief the in, Indians will still fight but if you you know if if you knock off the the you know if you, if you lessen the amount of people that the chief has under him and and they all start fearing of getting lawsuits personally against them <coughs> or they or they may lose their secure job then things will change and until until then things ain't going to change and then when somebody does get criminally investigated i like to see many people not as a excuse me not as a grand jury but sending a lot of affidavits Hey, he's on our discussion group. He's been on our discussion group for years talking about where we talk about the IRS and how the code is applicable and not apl- applicable. And and I can vouch for for uh in, you know, in ambiguous terms that he has a good faith belief that the tax does not apply to him as it does not apply to me. Now, we get a bunch of people coming in there, you know, just turning it around, and I I can't see a conviction coming after you. If 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 100 people say, hey, man, you know, the same as him, the tax code doesn't apply to me, and if it did, how do you use Section 83 in your determination my paycheck is gross income? Tell me, the inquiring minds want to know. So that's um, that's all I got to say um, for tonight. Thank you for coming on board. Again, let me let me just go ahead and put in the chat right there. Axis dot com forward slash chappy. Sign up for free. I will get a notice, you know, hey, this guy just signed up. And, you know, put in your email and address and phone, I mean, your email and phone number. And I'll give you a call and, and, and show you the, the you know, the ropey-dope of uh, what Max has to offer. And, um, and I'm on the uh, leadership board. Uh, we have webinars every single day at different times, that, you know, and so forth which emails will start be going out on that. 
And if you don't like the idea that I'm advertising and raising money to do what I want to do, you know, there's an unsubscribe link at the bottom of your email. It's just that simple. Unsubscribe. That's all. And I don't mean to be sounding arrogant or anything like this. You don't need to send me emails. Why are you advertising a network marketing scheme? You know, because I have my reasons. If you don't like it, just unsubscribe and you won't get them anymore. It's that simple. That's all. Okay? So, um, love freedom. Love liberty. Most of all, love God. And this call is now officially over. Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.